All right, well, they're taking their seat. I want to share with you uh, what we're going to do this morning. We're going to do things a little bit, uh, a little bit different this morning. Uh, I'm going to introduce the person who's actually going to speak this morning. It's going to be Jonathan Huddleston. He's going to share some things with us this morning. Uh, he shared some things in our deacons meeting that were so good that our deacons said, man, we should share those with everybody. And so Jonathan and I spoke and we were going to give him some time at the end of the message to share what he wanted to share. But we don't know how long Jonathan's going to be uh, exactly. And I didn't want him to feel like he was being shortchanged on time. And so I asked if Jonathan wouldn't mind speaking first. Uh, and then I'll finish this up. So what we're going to do in just a minute is I'm going to have a little bit of fun and introduce Jonathan like he was a guest speaker and all the great things that we would normally share about a great speaker. And then after Jonathan finishes, we're going to spend some time as a church in prayer. And there's three specific things that I want us to pray for. I'm going to invite um, any of you that are able-bodied to come to the altar to pray. And the first thing that we're going to pray for is that uh, the things that Jonathan has laid on, the things that the Lord has laid on Jonathan's heart. And so when he's finished with what he shares, I'm going to invite each of you to come to the altar and let him lead us in a prayer that concerns all of the things that he talks to us about. And then the next prayer I'm going to ask is that we praise the Lord that this storm missed us. I've seen uh, pictures online of tornadoes before where a tornado will sweep through something like a neighborhood or a trailer park. And then in the midst of all of that damage, there's one house or trailer that is untouched. And I really feel like that's us, that we have been blessed by the Lord. And even though everyone has received so much devastation, uh, this should have probably been the most packed out church service of people being grateful, praising the Lord that we were spared from such a disastrous storm. Because if it would have been what they were calling for originally, we wouldn't have had another church service for maybe two or three weeks. It would have been that bad here in Windsor. And so we have a lot to praise the Lord for. So the first person that's going to pray is going to be Jonathan. And then Dr. Tarkington, I'm going to ask if you would pray for a second uh, here at the pulpit when we all come to the altar to pray. Uh, and pray a prayer, if you would, praising the Lord for all of the blessings that we have and for him sparing us from the storm, if you would. And then lastly, I'll close us with a prayer, uh, praying specifically for those people who have been affected by the storm. I'm going to pray for us as a church about how the Lord can use us personally and us corporately to serve our neighbors who have been affected. We're one of the first people who are unaffected by the storm and flooding. And so there's 400 miles of devastation in North Carolina, and we're just on the outside edge of it. That makes us some of their closest neighbors to come in and help. And so I will pray about how we can be used as a church and personally. And then lastly, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for us that the Lord would work in the hearts and lives of people who've been affected by this storm, who were able to help that the Lord would stir in our hearts and he would use something like this natural disaster to draw them closer to himself through the love of generous Christians that are pouring out time, energy, and resources into helping them. And so we still want the Lord to work in hearts and lives amidst this disastrous storm. And so that's where we're headed for the rest of the service. Uh, there's a couple of things you guys need to know about Jonathan. When I was introduced to Jonathan, I met him before I even met him. Your prior pastor, Jimmy Campbell, told me, he said, when you go to Cashi, you're going to meet a man named Jonathan Huddleston, and you're going to look at him, and he's going to look like an ordinary guy to you. But Jimmy Campbell said, he's no mere mortal man. He said, that man is an Ironman finisher. Just last week, he finished an Olympic-sized 
an Olympic-length triathlon down at White Lake, which he called the, the novice one. There's a beginner, there's novice, and then there's a super long one down there. And he was humble enough to say the Olympic-length triathlon was just the middle one, right? Most of us would die in this, the middle one for Jonathan. Also, um, I want you to know that he holds, this is not self-proclaimed, this was put on him as the best banjo player around. A man that used to go to church here named Mike Odom said that if you could make as much money playing the banjo as you could being an attorney, he thinks that Jonathan would ditch being an attorney and be a professional banjo player full time. But there's just not a lot of money in playing the banjo, enough to support a family. You're going to get to hear Jonathan play the banjo during this upcoming revival. We're going to have some bluegrass music playing also. Jonathan also happens to be the most quotable children's message giver at Cashi Baptist Church. Uh, that's a title that I just gave out and made up. And uh, you have to know that I don't give that lightly because I feel like I'm in the running also. But I feel like that he steals the, steals the, the award. Also, uh, all jokes aside, uh, what Jonathan uh, did share with us at the deacons meeting came from a message he heard when he was down at White Lake from the previous president of our state convention, a guy by the name of Cameron McGill, and uh, Jonathan's heart was stirred to share with us. And so, uh, John, I'm going to pray for you, and when I pray, I, I ask that you'd come and share what the Lord's laid on your heart. God, we thank you for uh, your word. Lord, we thank you that your word always rings true and you tell us that your word will not return void. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing at the White Lake Church uh, through our brother Cameron. And God, we thank you for the message that he preached uh, that was so heavily laid on Jonathan's heart. And Lord, I pray for him as he comes and shares with us that you would speak through him. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jonathan. First of all, let me say how um, how incredibly honored and um, uh, humbled that I am that I've been asked to come and, and share with you what I got in my heart. Uh, don't worry, it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> nothing heavy. It's about church membership. Wow, that sounds kind of dry, right? Send the lawyer up there to talk about church membership. Dot the I's, cross the T's, keep the book right, keep the rolls up to date. No, that's not. That's. That might be the dry part of church membership. I, I've got something a little more, um, a little more, uh, a little, little more weighty that I'll tell you about. Um, but yeah, thank you for the introduction, Bobby. I appreciate that. Wow. That, um, yeah, the most quotable uh, children's message giver. That, that's the one I do take the most pride in because that's given those is, is some of the greatest or some of the greatest challenges of my of my life. Um, there has been a time, you remember, where I, I forgot what I was going to say for about 20 seconds. And Bobby actually had to come up and help me. Now, so uh, how about the most tongue-tied uh, person that gives the, uh, the children's messages? So, yeah, some of those kids can do some funny things. Most of the time, I roll with it. But sometimes it just makes the thought just go straight out of my head. Um, so I'll start talking here in a second about, about what I want to tell you about, and I'll go ahead and tell you that I'll be, um, speaking from first Corinthians chapter 12, 12. So I'll go ahead and give you a, a, a minute to, to make your way there while I say just a couple more things. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, first Corinthians. Uh, I always got to run through it and make sure I, I can turn to the right spot. Um, yeah, so, uh, a lot of what I'm going to say today comes from um, from uh, a book called "I Am a Church Member." It's a real small, 
little book here that is about 79 pages. Um, so Cameron spoke, matter of fact, at White Lake Church when I was down there last weekend, uh, the pastor, Cameron McGill, spoke about, um, about church membership. And so this is, this is not all totally original, but, um, but it does come from my heart. And, and I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about the book. I'm not going to like walk through the chapters. Uh, I'm, I am going to use the Bible as my main guide as to what I want to tell you. So, uh, but this is a really cool book. And at the very end, I'll, I'll tell you one more time about, about the book. And I would love, uh, for everybody to, to read this. It's real easy. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I stay so busy at work reading stuff that I don't, I don't do a whole lot of on the side reading. Um, and I got through this just with a couple of sittings. And it really did, um, it changed my perspective on what biblical church membership is. So I'm not here just to tell you about church membership. I'm here to talk to you about biblical church membership and how much, how, how rewarding it could potentially be. I just, my eyes are opened up to a, just a whole another world of, of what being a member of this church uh, can be. I've been here 25 years and, um, you know, it's flown by and a lot of you folks have been here twice that, uh, but uh, you know, I, I can look back on those 25 years after after looking at the scripture that I've got and, and, and reading that book and just say, you know, there's a lot of things I could be doing different. There's a lot of things that I could be uh, better at. So I'm just going to share a few of those with you. Now, I am at the beginning of the of the talk and not at the end. I, I was trying to get at the end so that I could be the one that shut the talking down at some point. But, you know, I'll, Bobby's got me shifted to the front. So, he, no, uh, um yeah, so let me just go ahead and jump in here and get my outline out and see what I got to say. So, if you could uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And uh, here Paul uses uh, a metaphor for uh, the church. Uh, he, he uses the metaphor of the body, the human body, um, the hands, the feet, the eyes. As a metaphor for the, the church, it says in, in twelve twelve, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. We were all given the one Spirit to drink. So let me repeat the part that I think is is key there. Verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. It's, uh, it's important to keep in mind how we became a part of the body of Christ, uh, part of this, this one spirit, this one body. Uh, a lot of you may have been born in the church. Uh, you may have, your parents may have gone here, your grandparents, your great grandparents. And so you've, you've followed the tradition. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's, uh, that's very honorable, um, and that's a part of a part of being a biblical church member uh, is is consistency. The uh, you may have just seen the sign at the end of the road, Cashew Baptist Church, this way. You know, some folks find us that way. Some folks find us on the internet. Some folks find us on uh, maybe Facebook. But the uh, to become members, though, even though we may have gotten here in different ways at different times. We all ultimately became members because we accepted Christ as our Savior, and we were baptized into the faith. And at that time, we received the Holy Spirit. So it's like a glue. It's like a bond. So compare that to other clubs or other organizations. Um, you know, 
uh, you know, country club, we have the, the, we have, if you're a member of a club, you've got, you've got things that, that you have common interests, like the country club, maybe it's golf, maybe it's swimming, um, rotary club, uh, or the, the Lions club, maybe it's, um, uh, you know, philanthropy, or it's, it's just taking, uh, it's civics, taking care of folks in the community, wanting to benefit others. Um, but with, with the body of Christ, uh, it, it's important to remember that we have um, the common bond, the common glue of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's what Paul is trying to tell us about. I mean, so what are the, what are the benefits of, of being a member of this church? Uh, eternal salvation, forgiveness of sins. And now this is not just being a member, but being a member through acceptance of Christ. You got uh, Christ's death on the cross. Adoption by God the Father. I mean, these are, you know, eternal salvation. It's, it's a pretty cool thing, uh, benefit to have to, as a member of, of this body. You know, with Rotary, I, I mean, I was president for a year and all I got was a little pen. So, uh, you know, not, not quite the same. So first of all, something that I'm trying to do, uh, is, is know that no matter how I got here, uh, Coming here every Sunday or every Sunday night or every Wednesday night uh, is more than me going to Rotary Club, uh, and you all know that. But but as I as I read the scripture, it's amazing to think about just really uh, what what the bond is that draws us together. It's so much more than anything that we see with other organizations. So let me let me go further. So going further with Paul's metaphor, uh, he talks in in twelve fourteen. Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. So naturally, I, you know, Paul's back to, back to his metaphor. He's, uh, surely the foot, you know, wh- why is the foot envious of the hand is what I'm wondering when I read this. Um, uh, the foot has so many in- incredible, uh, Obligations to, to serve the body. I mean, we, we can't walk without the foot. We can't jump. We can't, uh, we can't kick. So it'd be crazy. Paul's saying it's crazy for a foot to say, well, I'm not the hand, so I'm out of here. Uh, and so you go on down in verse 18, uh, and, and it, well, in between there, it talks about the ear and the eye. Same, same thing. I'm not going to read that. Verse 18, but in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So it's it's really neat to see that just you know, that, that you know God clearly has arranged everything on us where He wants it. You know, he's got a plan. He's got a design. And in verse twenty one, uh, He goes on to say that the eye can't say to the hand, "I don't need you," and the head cannot say to the feet, "I don't need you." On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And He goes on, so. So not only can the foot and the hand, you know, one can't just bail out and one can't make the other leave. Uh, you see where Paul's going with this. Uh, he's saying with a body, you can't do that. So how about the body of Christ? So in verse 25, it says, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So, so it boils down to, to that last, uh, in my opinion, a really important point comes in that last sentence. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. 
So, for instance, using the body example, you know, if you have a, if you wake up one morning and your back is out, you have a bad back. How do your legs, how do your legs proceed with the day? Not well, right? They suffer. Uh, if your back won't let you get out of the out of the bed, your legs aren't going to be of much help. Um, for me, like even if I get a paper cut at work, if I'm working with a file, it's got a sharp edge. I, that throws me for the rest of the day. I, I hit the, I hit that on every single thing I touch throughout the day. Boy, thank God you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, yeah. So I mean, Boyd's working with machinery. Um, I'm working with paper. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing how one little part of the body can affect the rest. And if we, so if we all are different. We all have different um, desires. We all have different abilities and gifts. And we function different than other members. But if we are our true biblical church members, we're bound together by the Holy Spirit, just like the body. We feel the suffering that another member feels, and we do whatever we can to ease that that person's suffering. Uh, and it might be uh, that that person um, can't fill a position in the church, and somebody we need to, we need to serve the church by filling in that position, or uh, or helping out in a department that we normally hadn't helped out in. But um, but it's it's important though it, with a with a with a biblical church body that that we we feel. Not just like with a Rotary Club, we know somebody's, you know, somebody's sick or we know somebody's ill and we send a card. It's so incredible that as part of Cash Out Baptist Church that we, um, we have a prayer list and we have prayer for people and we, uh, we have a pastor to, to, to visit and we got deacons that, that visit and we got members that can join in and help and cook food and, um, it, it, and, and again, we're bound by that glue of the Holy Spirit. All right, so I got three points. That's my first one is how, show you how Paul relates uh, our church body to the human body. Secondly is that love is the foundation of Paul's metaphor. Everything about what Paul was teaching is based on the biblical foundation of, of unconditional love. Uh, if, if you look at the next chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, mine's titled Love. All right, so this is a chapter that you hear a lot of times at uh, weddings. Uh, the part, well, let me first tell you about the part. That we'll take just a second here before I get to that. Uh, in the first chapter, the first um, paragraph of chapter 13, I'm just going to paraphrase. I'm not going to get into uh, every every line, but it says, you know, he, Paul says there, I, if I speak with with the tongues of men and angels, if, I'm, uh, if I have the gift of prophecy, if I have all the knowledge and I have all the faith, uh, but I don't have love, then I, I gain nothing. I have nothing. And then you see the part that's a lot of times quoted at, at, at uh, different ceremonies, uh, weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. So, I, you know, every time I start reading that, I feel I get flashbacks to lovely weddings outside, sitting uh, sitting on a veranda at some place that my brother's, you know, my nephew got married at or whatever. It's always, I can't help but think of those pictures. And they're beautiful pictures. Um, but so that that's the picture Paul's trying, truly trying to paint is is how uh, how love forms the basis of of what we are to each other. The um, so he wrote okay so a few scriptures from this I'm going to hit uh, three and I'll have you turn to one of them and then I'll get to my third point. 
So when he wrote the, when Paul wrote the Ephesians, so we've just been looking at where he wrote the Corinthians, where he wrote the Ephesians, he was impressed enough about their love for each other that he mentioned it to them in the beginning of their letter. And I'm just, since I'm not going to have you turn to it because this is one verse, but he said uh, in chapter one, verse 15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So when he's talking about your love for all the saints, when he refers to saints, he's referring to fellow Christians, the, uh, the fellow members of the church. So he, he, uh, you know, he, he knew the Corinthians were having some issues. Um, and so he was addressing uh, a few things. And then in Ephesians, you know, he had heard how much they, they, they loved each other and dealt with each other. And so he wanted to point that out. Look at Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. It's called, uh, in my Bible, it's entitled Unity uh, in the Body of Christ. It says there in chapter 4, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. I should be patient. I should have let you turn to the verse first. I can hear, I can hear the pages rustling. Bobby does that. I hate that. I'm sitting here rustling and he's already talking. But he, he's, I, he, does better. he does better than I just did. <laughs> be completely humble and gentle this is verse two uh be patient bearing one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit so paul's getting back to his metaphor back to the body and here he really hammers in the one 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 there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you recall one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. I mean, you can't get any more one and bound together than, than what Paul is relating to the Ephesians there. And again, that's the importance of the Holy Spirit as, as the glue that binds us. Uh, another, I'm not going to ask you to turn to this one, but there's a, there's a verse in, there's a whole section in Romans uh, in chapter 12, verse nine called love. Love must be sincere. And again, you don't have to turn to this because I'm going to jump right to something else. I'm just going to, I'm going to really just paraphrase it. Um, you know, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, he says in Romans. Honor one another above yourselves. Uh, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. Bless and don't curse. Live in harmony. Don't repay any, anyone evil for evil. Live at peace. Do not take revenge. Overcome evil with good. Those are all the little sections, I've, the little phrases I've highlighted in my Romans uh, verse, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. So my point in, in this point number two about love is that, that we're not to love other members just when they're lovable. Uh, we're ex- to do the exact opposite. We're to love other members when they're not lovable. Yeah, I love how the scripture in Jesus takes a common thought, turns it around. Um, he did that to the disciples all the time. Their heads were spinning constantly, I'm sure. Um, but that's that's the concept that that Christ and Paul are trying to relate. Um, you know, we're not to pray and encourage. We're not to, to pray for and encourage our pastor and his family um, when they're doing, just when they're doing the things we like. We're to pray for and encourage our pastor and his family even when they're doing the things that we don't like. We're not to serve the church when there's others right next to us. 
Uh, we're to serve the church and, and do the jobs that need to be done, even when there's someone not standing next to us. Even when it's on, on some evening when we've ended up being the only one down here or the only one to show it up or only two to show it up to, uh, to do something. Um, you know, we're to do it lovingly and joyfully, uh, knowing that uh, we're serving our, our, our body and we're not being served. Okay, so my third point is, is you can't talk about love without talking about forgiveness. So forgiveness is required by God. I found, uh, I was referred to a verse that I thought was really neat. Um, and I, I had never, uh, read it and reread it like I have in the last few days. Turn to, if you turn to Matthew chapter six, verse 12, that puts a smack dab in the middle of the Lord's prayer. Jesus is giving a sermon on the mount, and he's teaching everybody about prayer. And, and that's where he said, this is how you should pray. And he, you know, he starts off like we've always heard, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then give us this day our daily bread. And then he gets to verse 12, forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But then look what he does. There's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a, there's a, a set of t- two sentences after that where he goes back and, and he decides to emphasize something from the Lord's Prayer. What does he emphasize? He says in verse 14, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So it was important enough for Christ to to go back and talk about forgiveness above any, anything else that he said in the Lord's Prayer um, to, give it, to give it emphasis. And I just think that's pretty, pretty significant. And it's something that I need to think about uh, more every day um, because none of us are perfect. And, you know, I, I do things that aren't, that, aren't, that aren't right, that aren't perfect every day. I come across people that, uh, you know, that, that may, have, may do or say something that's, that's not perfect in my eyes. And, uh, you know, and I, don't, I, I forget about how seriously God takes forgiveness. And that's a good example of how, how he treats it. Colossians 3.12. I'm not going to bounce you around much more. I think this is just about the last one. Colossians 3.12. All right, so Ephesians. Uh, you remember, go past Corinthians where we were. Past Ephesians, right into, right into Colossians. And in three, chapter 3, verse 12. So Paul is, is writing to the Colossians, and he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So this is a really good verse where Paul takes both love and forgiveness and combines it uh, and and shows um, just how how perfect, such a a perfect thing uh, that Christian unity can be uh, when you combine the love and the forgiveness I mean, so, you know, we, as we think about that, we remember that Christ forgave us. 
And since we strive to be like Christ, uh, we we want to try to set aside our pride and our desire for for any sort of justice or or um, or anything of that nature, and just do what Christ did, which is is to forgive whatever grievances that we would have against the other. So uh, just a few more points and, and one little story I'll tell and, and then I'll be done. Um, if, if, you know, if we have a biblical view of, of church membership, uh, then we won't sweat the little stuff and we won't let the little stuff blow up into big stuff. That's the way I like to look at it. Uh, Cameron McGill told a story and I don't know, I think it was a true story. I'm not exactly sure, but he told it last Sunday when I was down there and I just wanted to to relate it here. So he was talking about a pastor, a young pastor of a church down in that area that had been called to that church and was there for probably six, eight months when a storm blew through. And the storm did a lot of the kind of damage that we've seen before. Uh, the folks down south of us are seeing where there were a lot of there were a lot of folks that were needing uh, water. Uh, they needed um, tarps put on. They needed carpet torn out. They needed, um, you know, they needed prayer and they needed assistance. And so off he went to, uh, you know, his first big day of, of serving the folks. And he went out and he he put up tarps and he delivered water and he tore out carpet and, and uh, he prayed and he visited. And at the end of the day, when he was got back to his house and he was extraordinarily tired, uh, he goes into his house and, uh, you know, he's got a few things to, to write and maybe a call or two to make. And his son steps in and says, hey, Dad, you mind playing some basketball? Well, it was about 20 minutes until dark. And he's like, no, son, I've got I got to take care of this phone call. I got to take care of these notes. Uh, and then he thought about it and he said, no, let me go outside and play. So he walks outside and he shoots basket with, with his son for about 20 minutes. Uh, and they until it's dark and you really they couldn't even see anymore. So. He, uh, they came on in, and then he gets a call, phone rings, he gets a call from, uh, it was the uh, chairman of the deacons, and he says, we got a problem. Problem? What was the problem? Uh, he says, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of people <clears throat> that need to be served today. Uh, there's been a storm, you know, there's, there's uh, people that need water, people that need tarps, people that need prayer, people that need carpet torn out. And I've gotten some calls uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, I've had three people call me and say, they're, they see you outside playing basketball. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, and so that's the end of the story. The, um, uh, the pastor is, is, uh, you know, taken aback. Well, gosh, you know, so the, the point of that story that Cameron was telling is that, um, that we're not to make snap judgments. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a, a pastor playing basketball or a deacon um, in a place where you didn't think the deacon ought to be. Um, there's more deacons than there are pastors, so we could probably give a lot more examples of deacons doing things that are seen that are like, what's up with that? Um, the key is to just make, uh, as, as, as biblical church members, we, we don't make snap judgments. Um, if, you don't, if you don't like what you see, go to the person, talk to them, find out what, what, what was going on with that. You know, you didn't like what they said. You didn't like what they did. It may be that, that what they did, they are happy to say, you know, I thought about that and maybe I shouldn't have said that. So, you know, the, and the point is, too, that before you ever go to anybody with that, always be prepared to love and forgive. Always think about what Paul was teaching. 
to love and to forgive. So in closing, if we have a a biblical view of membership, uh, if there's ever anything that that even seems like a a conflict or division, um, then everyone in it or around it or that talks about it, uh, hears about it, should should have some self-evaluation and should look and see what there is, what Paul had to say uh, about membership, about about the unity of the body, about about the strength that it, that that we all get from loving each other and forgiving each other. So, biblical church membership is a gift, and it's made possible by Christ's death and by the the coming of the Holy Spirit. And as I have read this book, as I have looked at these scriptures, I have gotten a new understanding and a new a new feeling of of how strong and how incredible being a member of Cash Baptist Church really is. So uh, those will be my focused points for the for the days to come, and I'm just really pleased that I was able to share those with you, and I hope you are able to to uh, incorporate those in, in what you do or just think about them. And if you if you do want, I want anybody in, that wants a copy of this book to get a copy. So. Uh, either I can I can uh, order them if you will come to me and ask, uh, or I can point you the right direction, or the church can order a box, whatever it may be. I just I do want that to be available for anybody. So I um, I appreciate uh, your attention. So what we'll do, as far as the book is concerned, uh, it's a book I've read. It's a really good book. Uh, we'll go ahead and buy a box, and so we'll have a case here on Wednesday night. When you come to prayer meeting, and if you'd like to buy one, uh, there'll be five dollars a piece, and you can just uh, if you if you've got five dollars, you're welcome to contribute. And uh, it's a good enough book. John said that if there's people who don't want to pay five dollars for it, he'd be happy to uh, contribute and buy a book for you and put it in your hands. Uh, he likes it that much. So um, we'll have a case or two on hand, and I would love to get you one if you would like one. Now, there's something we do on Wednesday nights. If you if you're not a frequent Wednesday night attender, you might not know, but after we take prayer concerns, uh, we come down to the altar together and we pray. And so I'm going to ask if you are willing and able-bodied, uh, you don't have to kneel. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to get back up after you kneel and pray. So the heart is willing to kneel and pray, but the body is weak and can kneel, pray, and not get up. So you're welcome to sit on the front pew if you'd like to. You're welcome to kneel at the altar. But uh, I'm going to invite you to come forward. And Dr. Tarkings, I'm going to invite you up here to the platform as well. I'm going to ask Jonathan to lead us in a prayer concerning the things that he was laid on his heart. After he prays, I'll ask Dr. Tarkington to go right into his prayer of thanking the Lord uh, for all the spiritual blessings we have as well as being spared from this storm. And then I'll close us up after he prays, praying about uh, that the Lord would use us in a mighty way to help out those who have been affected. And so I'll invite you to to get up and move now if you're willing and able, and uh, then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Jonathan, once everyone's here, if you'll go ahead and start us. Heavenly Father, we so thank you for the the privilege, the opportunity to be here at your altar here today. We know that you hear our prayers. Uh, We know that when we gather together uh, and and let you know of our our feelings and our, our, uh, first of all, you know, our our glorification of you and, 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 all that you mean to us. We know that you hear us. Um, we, uh, we just glorify you for being our God, our Father, our Savior, 
uh, the one who, who died for us, for our sins, the one who cleanses us and makes us uh, righteous and white as snow in, in, in your eyes. Uh, we just thank you for that sacrifice, and we, we just reaffirm to you today our belief that you are our Father, that you are our Savior, uh, and, and, and that we come to you as a, a body, a church body, to, um, to, to, to make requests and to thank you. Um, we just um, appreciate the, the bond that, that we have as a church. Uh, we just ask you, please, to continue to give us strength to, um, to, to do the things that, that we know that, that we can do as, as biblical church members, um, to love each other, to, uh, uh, to love unconditionally, just like Christ uh, loved us and loves us, um, to sacrifice for each other, just like uh, Christ sacrificed for us. <clears throat> we just thank you <clears throat> so much for the example that Paul gave and, and the example that Jesus sets for us to, um, to love and to forgive. Uh, and we just ask you to continue to strengthen this church, um, help us to, to do everything we can uh, to, to help those that are in need. If that means anything from this, this storm that we can do, help us to do that. Help us as a church body to show, show love and show forgiveness outwardly to those in our community and anyone that we can come across. Uh, we, we just know that if we continue to do that every day, uh, to show, if they can see us showing love for each other and they can certainly see us showing love to them, that there's folks out there that are, that are not saved, that are not uh, that are that are not one of your children uh, that, that could see us and and could say they would like to have a little bit of what we have and so we just thank you for that continue to give us the strength to go out and and show those qualities to others in Jesus name Father God we give thee thanks for your great love a love so great that you were willing to give your only son that we could, through him, have forgiveness of sins and be accepted into your family. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy through the many years that Kashai has existed as a body of believers. And we pray that you would work mightily in the members of your body here, that Christ would be exalted and proclaimed in this generation. Lord, we need your guidance and help today as you've been so kind to give it in past generations. And Lord, we are so thankful that you delivered us from the fury of the winds and rains and floods that so many of our neighbors to the south and east have suffered. We pray for them and we praise you for being so good to us. And we ask that you would help us to go from here as a redeemed people seeking to exalt the Lord Jesus 
that if we allow him to work through us, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we'll thank you for all your blessings in Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, we love you and we thank you again that we were spared from the storm. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters now that are in harm's way, that were in harm's way. Lord, we pray that you would bring comfort and peace to their families. Lord, we pray for those who lost loved ones because of rising water or falling trees. Lord, we pray that you would be with them through their grieving process. And God, we pray that you would send other believers their way to comfort them, to encourage them, to bring them hope. Father, we pray that you would continue to keep people safe as the waters aren't even as high as they're going to be yet. Lord, we pray that you would send them help the same way that you sent us help when we were underwater. Lord, we pray that people would be obedient to your call to love their neighbor as themselves. And Lord, as we desired for help, Lord, I pray that you would lay that same desire on our heart to go and help others. Lord, I pray that we would be giving with our annual leave and our sick leave and other time that we can take from work. Lord, to go help our brothers and sisters who are underwater. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just use each of us in our church in a mighty way for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that even throughout this natural disaster, Lord, that you would be working in the hearts and lives of people. Lord, I pray that this would be a time where people who may be seeking for answers, they may be looking for answers to big questions. And Lord, I pray that you would send someone their way to tell them that while they may have lost everything physical on this earth, Lord, you have, they have a heavenly Father that loves them, that sent their Son to die for them, and has eternal life and eternal hope for them if they'll repent of their sins and turn to Him. And Lord, what you have for us is such a great treasure that no moth or rust or floodwaters could ever destroy or take from us. And so, Lord, we are so grateful for how good you are to us, even in the midst of disasters. Lord, we pray that we would be useful vessels for your kingdom to help others. And God, we pray that each of those families that were affected, that you would bring your comfort and your peace. Lord, I pray that you would indeed uh, see that divine appointments take place where we can point people to you in the midst of tragedy. God, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for each other. And Lord, we thank you for our church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as you're making your way back to your seat, uh, I've got a message the Lord's laid on my heart too. Just jokes. In lieu of our invitation, we're going to sing our benediction, May the Road Rise to Meet You. If there's anyone here who's never put their faith in Jesus to save them from their sins, have eternal life in heaven, uh, I'd encourage you to do that today. Uh, I will be around after the service is over. Uh, but because of time, we're going to only sing uh, our closing benediction. Uh, if you're like me, you've been forgetting that we're going to sing it each Sunday. And so by the time we finish it up, uh, I'll start to remember that we were singing it. So, John, if you would come and lead us in that. And if you would stand with us uh, after we sing, uh, sing our benediction, I'll close us with a word of prayer. All right. Before you go, don't forget Revival next week. It'll start 20 
You'll start seven days minus an hour from right now. Uh, Brother Royce Williams will be here to share with us. Don't forget, if you're planning on eating any meals with us, make sure that you sign up uh, in the foyer right here or you sign up on the uh, Fellowship Hall bulletin board. They're all going to be fantastic meals. We need to know well ahead of time if you're going to eat next week. So make sure you sign up. Bill Powell is uh, cooking some Boston butts. We're going to have barbecue potatoes and the whole get up. It's going to be all good. And it's all going to be very affordable. Also, every meal should be less than $5 a piece. If you got a bigger family, it'll even be less than that for you. Uh, so we're trying to make it so it's easy for you to get off work as well and be a part of what we're doing, what we've got going on here for revival. The other thing I was going to share with you uh, has, I know what it was now. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to anyone who came and cleaned and or stacked sandbags to keep our fellowship hall from flooding. We are so grateful that it was overkill. And uh, we just want to tell you, thank you for helping out and taking of your time where you could have been fixing up your house to take care of ours. Love you guys. I'm going to say a brief prayer for us and you'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can all meet here together. Lord, we thank you for the message you laid on Jonathan's heart. And Lord, we pray that we would indeed uh, be the church members that you've called us to be. Help us to measure ourselves by your standard. And God, we pray that you would do great things through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.